How did Golos Mitzrayim become Golos Mitzrayim? Is there a way that it could have been prevented? And what is the benefit of Golos Mitzrayim? That's what we're going to explore today. In the context of the final Pasuk in Parshas Vayigash, that says, Vayeshev Yisrael Beret Mitzrayim, the Yidin, the children of Yankov, lived or settled in the land of Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goishen, in the land of Goishen, and we'll have to translate that in the, in the course of the, of the Sicha, Vayifru Vayirbu Me'oid. Let's begin. In Latin Pasuk, on the words which is in the last Pasuk of the Parsha, which says, Yidin settled in Mitzrayim, or Yisrael settled in Mitzrayim, Goishen, in the land of Goishen, let's just say for now, they acquired it, they took possession of it, and they were fruitful and they multiplied greatly. That's the last Pasuk. So Rashi, so in the words, there are two explanations. The explanation as it would be according to the Pshat, to the basic understanding of the Pasuk. And as Rashi says, that the word comes from the word which means an estate or an acquired possession. They took possession of it. They owned it. They lived there. Base, that's, that's the Pashat Pshat. And that's what Rashi says. They, they, they settled in the Mitzrayim and Eretz Goshen Ve'yachazuba. And, they, and, they, and they, they owned it. They lived there. Base, there appears from Medrash. Then there's a Pirush of the Medrash. Which says as follows. The, the land took hold of them and held them in, the, in its grasp. Like a person that is being held against his will. Which means in the first pshat, is from the word achuza, which means ownership. And the second is from the word achiza, which means a hold. Now, before we ask the question that the Rebbe often asks, how do you reconcile two seemingly opposite explanations in the same Pasik? We first have to understand the, 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 the Pshat. Why does the Pshat here go with Achuza, ownership, and not with Achiza, holding? Now, so that's what you say in the brackets. The in Pshat to the Shlila from Pirus the, the, the reason why, according to Pshat, we cannot say that it means holding is as follows. If you follow the context of the Pasuk, they settled there. They were fruitful. They, they grew. It seems to imply that the Torah is trying to underscore the manner in which they settled in Eretz Goshen, the land of Goshen, as it is given It was the type of settling that brought to this prospering and to this growth. 
So if we're following this pshat, we can't follow the madrish, learn like the madrish. Azeris Yasmus is given in an oifim from Bakarche that they settled there against their will. If you're forced to be somewhere, it doesn't lead to growth, not to, not to financial growth, and nor nor biological growth. Nor can you say that Vayachazu means from the word achiza to take hold. As Eden have been here, ir gehalten durch ir bazetzen, that the Yidden took hold of the land. We need to say, the first one, the first pshat is achuza, ownership. The second pshat is achiza, which means to hold. Now we can say that the, that the land took hold of them, because that would seem that it's against their will, and that would not seem to flow with the context of the Pasuk. So maybe vayayachazu means to hold, that the Yidden took hold of the land. So that doesn't either work. Valdan hot gedarch tein vayoychazu der aluf mitachoylem ba unit vayeyochazu ba aluf mitakomats as they say in durchir gehalten givaren. Because in Hebrew grammar, to say they took hold of it, you would say vayoychazu they held onto it, ba into it. If it says vayeyochazu, that means they were held by it. And since that's what the Pasuk says, we can translate that it means that they held on to it, they took hold of it. So therefore, we, we cannot say, we cannot translate it Lashon Achiza, and therefore the Pshat has to be Lashon Achuza. Okay. So now, let's try to figure out how to uh, fuse together, how to reconcile these two seemingly paradoxical explanations in the Pasuk. It's been discussed many times that when there are several uh, explanations on one word or one idea, this does not mean that they are totally different one from another. Quite the contrary, because they are explanations of the same word. Therefore, we must conclude that there is somewhat of a connection between them. But these two above-mentioned explanations, one, that they lived there and they, and they, they, uh, took, they uh, took ownership of the land, or that the land took ownership of them or took hold of them, are not only not connected to each other, they are opposite uh, uh, implications. If you say the first pshat, according to the pshat of the pasuk, the simple meaning of the pasuk, which is what Rashi brings, it implies, it underscores the fact that the settling of the Yidin in Eretz Geshen was in a way that it became their land, their estate. According to the Pirish of the Madrish, the implication is that, that just the opposite, that they were taken hold, that they, that they were taken by the land against their will. Certainly doesn't mean they prospered there, certainly doesn't mean that they took ownership of it if the land owns them or the land has a hold on them. So they seem to be opposite explanations. So how are we going to reconcile these two? So in order to do this, we are going to put this Rashi on the side for quite some time, and we're going to now delve into the Rashi before this one. In the beginning of this very same Pasuk, the last Pasuk of Parshas Vayigash. 
But there's very move on the Nach and Mavaris and the Freer Dikin Dibur from Pirish Rashi, Afin Haskalos Akasov, Vasis Hagdamatsuva Yachazuba. We'll understand this by first explaining, by first exploring the previous Rashi, which is on the beginning of the Pasik and serves as a preface to Vayachazuba. Where Rashi quotes the words, and Yisrael settled in the land of Mitzrayim, when his Befaras and Rashi explains as follows. Now keep in mind that the Pasuk says, Vayeshev Yisrael, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goishen. So Rashi says, quotes the words, Vayeshev Be'eretz Mitzrayim, and explains, Ve'eichon, we're in Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goishen, in the land of Goishen, Sheyi Me'eretz Mitzrayim, which is part of Mitzrayim. Now, Mepharshim Zag, in the Mepharshim explain, as Rashi kum davarun in the Shaila, Rashi came to address the following issue. You say in the land of Mitzrayim, in the land of Goishen, implies that there's two separate lands. One land is called Goishen, one land is called Mitzrayim. And, and, and then you're going to wonder, which one did they dwell in? The Rebbe Zagd Rasha, and therefore Rashi explains, Veheichan Be'eretz Goishen, says, Ki'ilu v'in Pasuk shteit, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Veheichan Be'eretz Goishen. It's as if the Pasuk would have said, they settled in Mitzrayim, we're in Mitzrayim, in the land of Goishen. So that's how Mepharshim explain what Rashi is coming to teach us. That Rashi is bothered by the double Be'eretz, Be'eretz. That Rashi explains that Eretz Goshen is inside of Mitzrayim. Says Abernit Muvan, however, this raises three questions. Aleph. Why does Rashi have to add the words that Shehi Me'eretz Mitzrayim that it is in Mitzrayim? Does far statement doch von dem Hemshech if Rashi hadn't said those last three words, would have just said the Dibra Maschil and Yisrael settled in Mitzrayim, Veheichon and where Be'eretz Goishen, you would understand that Eretz Goishen is in Mitzrayim. Why does Rashi have to add the words which is in Mitzrayim? Base. Al Derech Zekim Efregin in Pasuk Gufa. The same question can be asked on the words of the Pasuk. So first, after Pasuk Zogim Beretz Mitzrayim, Undenach Uish Taishin Beretz Goishen. Why does the Pasuk have to specify that it was in Mitzrayim and then explain that within Mitzrayim it was in Goishen? As it's Genuk Beretz Goishen, it would have sufficed had it said Beretz Goishen. Umeveishoin Adosis in Beretz Mitzrayim, and we already know. That Goshen is in Mitzrayim. We have the state freer in their parsha beferush as Eretz Goshen is a tilf in Eretz Mitzrayim. It already in this parsha, parsha Vayigash, Earlier on, it says that Eretz Goshen is a part of Mitzrayim. The earlier on in Pasik Perik Memzayim Pasik Vav, Parai says to Yosef that you you should have your brothers and your father dwell in the best parts of Eretz, of Eretz, Meitava Oretz, in the best part of the land, Be'eretz Goishen. A little bit later it says, Be'eretz Oretz, Be'eretz Ramses, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, and Rashi over there says, in Pasuk Yudalev, that Ramses is in Goishen. So already these two, both of these Tzukim, Pasuk Vav and Pasuk Yud Aleph of Perek Mimzayin already implied to us that Goishen is in Mitzrayim. So had the Pasuk over here said, Vayeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Goishen, we would have known that they were in Mitzrayim because we know that Goishen is in Mitzrayim. So why does the Pasuk have to say Be'eretz Mitzrayim? That was question two. Question three. If Rashi is is coming to explain 
the Arichas Aloshan, the long-windedness of the Pasuk. Be'eretz Mitzrayim Be'eretz Goshen. According to this, the only thing that's bothering Rashi is why does it say Be'eretz Mitzrayim Be'eretz Goshen? And, and, and Rashik answers, there was in Mitzrayim and where in Mitzrayim in Goshen. But if that was the only thing that was that, that was bothering Rashi, why does Rashi quote from the Pasuk the words, and Yisrael settled? In other words, we, we know from many of the Sikhs that we've learned that the Dibur HaMazchil is actually a glimpse into either what's bothering Rashi or, what's, or, 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 or what Rashi is coming to tell us. So if Rashi was only coming to explain Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goshen, then Rashi should have said, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Ve'eichem, Be'eretz Goshen. Not, there, was, there seems to be no need to add the words, Ve'yeshev Yisrael. Unless, Ve'yeshev Yisrael is part of something Rashi is coming to tell us, and therefore it's part of the Dibra Maschil, and the question is, what is that? If, what is Rashi coming to tell us with the words, Ve'yeshev Yisrael? So in Ziv Gimel, the Rebbe is going to explain that Rashi is not bothered by the words, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goshen. That's not what bothers, it's bothering Rashi. Rashi is being is bothered by something else, and that and, and that will be answered with what Rashi comes to tell us. There be in them. Rashi is the Usin Subavaran in the Stida of Antechan Apostle for Nafridika Parsha. Rashi is addressing a contradiction between this Pasik and something that we learned in a previous parsha. By the Brisbane Absarim, the covenant between the pieces, in which Avra Hashem promises Eretz Israel to Avram Avinu, for his children, for his offspring. So Abishter says, God Almighty says, your children will be, in, will be strangers, aliens, in a land that is not theirs. And then they will go out with great wealth, etc., etc., and then they will go to Eretz Yisrael. Before the Yidden will ultimately go to the land of Eretz Yisrael, First, they have to experience an exile by being an alien in a land that is not theirs. And then they can go to Eretz Yisrael. Now here comes the question. How can you say that the Yidden experienced this type of Golos by being in Mitzrayim? If this Pasek tells us that they settled there. From the word Toshav, which means someone, a, a dweller, a citizen, which is the opposite of a stranger, of an alien. Under Tsunach, not only were they were they settled there in Eretz Goshen, Vosis given the estate free and Pasik made of Aretz. They were settling in Goshen, which was the best of the land of Mitzrayim. And in what manner were they living there? As if they took ownership of it, since Givarin Zaira and Achuza became their estate. Became their property. So, how can you fulfill uh, uh, being a ger, being a stranger in a land that isn't theirs, if they're living, dwelling, settling in this, in this uh, 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 high real estate, high value part of Mitzrayim, and living there as if it's their own? 
This is why already the answer to question Gimel, why Rashi quotes the word in the Dibra Maschil in the beginning of the Rashi. It's the Vayeshev, it's the settling that's bothering Rashi. If it says Vahoyusham or whatever else, whatever other word they could have used, okay, they were there temporarily and they were trying to get out. But when as soon as it says Vayeshev Yisrael, they settled there. All of a sudden, that's just one second. How does this clap? How does this fit with what we learned in, 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 in Parshas Lech Lecha, that it has to be Ba'aris Le'ilahem? And this is what the Pasuk is answering. As Rashi explains it, where the Pasuk adds the words Be'aris Mitzrayim, and Rashi adds the words Shehi Me'aris Mitzrayim, which was question Aleph and question Base. And Rashi is answering this question. Sof, sof is ech eretz goish and achelik for eretz mitzrayim. At the end of the day, eretz goish and the land of goish is still a part of mitzrayim. Unit eretz kinan and it's not a part of the land of kinan. Under far verdzeir bazetzin zich in eretz goish and farechent alz galus. And therefore, settling in eretz goish is still considered to be in galus. Because the very fact that they are not in the land of Canaan, which is their land, they de facto are a ger, an alien in a land that isn't theirs. Which means it's not so much about how they live, it's about where they are. Their land is Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Canaan. If they're not in Eretz Canaan, that is considered Eretz Leilahem. So that is, that is uh, a Rashi, that is the explanation of this first Rashi in the Pasik. Rashi is coming to tell us that the Yidden were in, were settling in Eretz Goishen, in, sorry, in Eretz Mitzrayim, we're in Mitzrayim in Eretz Goishen, but Rashi reminds us that Goishen is, as the Pasik says in Mitzrayim, so it wasn't Eretz Yisrael, and therefore it's still in Eretz Leilahem. However, this does not fully satisfy the issue. And Sif Dala, the Rebbe, is going to ask two questions. One, on the concept of Golos, that where do you see the Golos in this? And number two, the Rebbe is going to point out that it's still not really Eretz Leilahem, it's still not really not their land if they own it and they live there. Let's see how the Rebbe takes us through these two steps. It's still not entirely satisfactory. At least on a deeper level. The Alter Rebbe explains in Tereir that the purpose of Golos Mitzrayim was to refine the Yidin. It's like the Torah calls it a Kura Barzel, the, the furnace that is so hot that it separates the other metals, the, the, the cheaper metals, from the silver, and, and, and it produces, the, uh, the, it purifies the silver. Similarly, the Yidden had to go through a slavery, through, through a difficult time to refine them and, and bring them to a level of purity that would br- make them ready to receive the Torah and to go into Eretz Yisrael. If the Yidden are living comfortably in a land that is theirs, in the best part of Eretz Mitzrayim, how does this 
bring about, how does this implement this refinement if they're not living, going through, through, through a difficult time? The concept of the refinement is you have to, you have to get beaten or you have to go through a, a hot furnace, something that is, that is very difficult in order to be able to, to bring out the best in you. But if they're, if they're living it up and they're enjoying life, how does that produce an oisleiterung, a refinement of for the Yidden? That's, for, that's our first question. In other words, they didn't go there just to have fun. They went for a purpose. The purpose is the refinement of the Jewish people. How does living in Goshen in this type of way uh, create a refinement of the Yidden? And this question becomes stronger as we will explain the idea of in the area of Drash in Torah and let us uh, first, discuss this. Let's first let's let's look let let's analyze what does the drash say about Vayachazuba. In other words, the pshat of Vayachazuba, as we said, means they settled there. They 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 they, they took ownership of it. But the drash is going to take it a little bit deeper. Because to say that they that they acquired it, it doesn't say Vayiknuaisa or something else that would mean they took ownership of it. It says Achuza Darf Uiskumen as Eretz Goshen is given Umemela Gebliben and Achuza Vyudushabayidin. It implies that this is something that was some a, a heritage, a Yerusha, an inheritance, something that they owned permanently and something that they inherited not if not permanently forever, but permanently for a significant amount of time. And a Yerusha, a Chuza, could be, could have, as various translations, one of them is an inheritance. So the fact that the Pasuk uses the word Vayi'achazuba, and Rashi says Lashna Chuza, which is the Pshat of Vayi'achazuba, there is some implication over here that this was more than just a, a place that they were passing through. They were owning, they owned it and they inherited it. Is not move on. the doesn't move seemingly not understood. How can a portion of the land of Mitzrayim be considered the ownership and the inheritance of the Yidden? The land of Canaan was said to Avram Avinu that this is going to be that you're this you're going to be given this land to inherit it. Mitzrayim is not a Yerusha. How can you refer to Goshen as a Yerusha of the Yidden? In the in the in the area of pshat, it's not a question. Since the dwelling in Goshen uh, endured the entire time that the Yidden were in Mitzrayim, which was two hundred and ten years, is masim in pasos of them the lashna chuzah. So on a basic level, you could use the word achuza. It means they lived there for a very long time. If a family buys a, 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 an estate and live on the estate, the children, the children's children for over 200 years, you could say this is this family's estate, even though they, they, they bought it from someone and later it gets moved on to someone else. But if you're following drash, which drash looks more at the inner picture, at the deeper Understanding of this is fartnit glatik. So it's not understood. In reality, this wasn't theirs. They were living there for a while, but it wasn't really theirs. So how, so how could you say that they took ownership of it, they inherited it, if it wasn't really theirs? So one answer we'll find in the Radak. 
The Radak in Sefer Yeshua bring to say Madrash, a dos was a state dirt as Yeshua at Angunum and is called Eretz Agoshen. The Radak says there's a pasuk over there. Vayikach Yeshua in in Sefer Yeshua. Yeshua took the land and the south and the land of Goshen. Says the Radak, This is referring to Yeshua conquered Goshen that was in Mitzrayim. And it became, it was absorbed with all of the other cities of Eretz Yisrael. And a few, a few prokim later, when the Pasik lists the various different cities that became the inheritance, the ownership of the tribe of Yehuda, Goshen is included because even though Goshen was in Mitzrayim, but Goshen became part in, in this in, in this context. Goshen became part of Eretz Yisrael. So according to this, in the realm of Drash, we can explain the fact that the Pasuk over here, in Parshas Vayigash, says that Goshen became a Yerusha, an inheritance of the Yidin. It's because ultimately, eventually, in the time of Yeshua, the, the land of Goshen became part, became absorbed into the, 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 the uh, cities of Eretz Yisrael. So that's a suggested explanation. That the Yeyach means they inherited it. When did they inherit it? In the time of Yeshua. But this is difficult to learn. As in the site from the Pasuk, of Yisrael. So because how how can you say that in the in the time of this Pasuk, of Yisrael? So this settling in land of Goshen should already be called a chuza der farvas mit hunderte yarin später but in its Goshen nivle werden durch Kibbutz Yeshua zwischen the other Yisrael because centuries later in the time of Yeshua Eretz Goshen will become absorbed with the other cities of Eretz Yisrael you're, you're talking now so many years earlier you're saying the Yidden settled by Yachazuba and they inherited it when? a bunch of centuries later it doesn't it doesn't fit is the beer in them? So the Rebbe is going to give a different explanation instead. We're now, we're still focused on the word Vayachazubah as a Yerusha. That when you say Vayachazubah, it means they inherited it. How could it be they inherited it if it wasn't really theirs? So there is an explanation for this as follows. As Shaitan Medrash, the Medrash says, Medrash Tache, I think. No, Medrash Tache was something else. Pirkei the Rebbe Lazar. As Shaitan Medrash says, Pariyot Saren, Gigeben, Eretz, Goshen, Lachuzah. That it says that Paroi, after Paroi uh, uh, abducted Sarah and then released her, he gave her the land of Goshen as an inheritance. And therefore the Yidden are going to sit, are going to dwell in the land of Goshen, or Yashvu, they, they dwelled in Goshen. Shehi shall Sarah because it belonged to Sarah, it belonged to their mother, their, their, their grandmother. Which means to imply that Yidin received the land of Goshen as an inheritance from Sora. And therefore, to say the words, that they inherited it, makes perfect sense. Because they did inherit it from Sora, their grandmother.
But this, on the other hand, this intensifies our question. How can the Yidden experience the concept of Golos? By being in the land of Goshen, belong to them as an inheritance. They were not in a, in a land that is not theirs. They were in their land. So how can you say that Geir Beres Leilam, which is which is a, a necessary requirement to fulfill the prophecy to Avraham Avinu and to be able to make the Yidden prepared to go out of Mitzrayim and to receive the Torah and to go into Eretz Yisrael? So this leaves us with two questions. First question is, the whole purpose of Golis was to refine the Yidin, and if they're living it up and enjoying life in the land of Goshen, how does the refinement uh, happen? And question number two, they have to be Be'eretz Leilahem. And it's true that it's not Eretz Kenan, and therefore it's Eretz Leilahem to a certain degree. But it is their land. They received it from Sarah, Be'yerusha, and therefore it's theirs. So how can you say, Be'eretz, how can this be a fulfillment of the prophecy, Be'eretz Leilahem? So in Sifei, the Rebbe is going to take us onto a deeper understanding of what Golis really is. And... When we understand what Golos really is, we'll understand that the Yidden still experienced Golos despite the fact that Eretz Yisrael, that, that, that life wasn't difficult for them, relatively speaking, and despite the fact that they, they, they received Eretz, Eretz Goshen as a Yerusha. That the Torah says that all of the various elements of the slavery in Mitzrayim as the Pasuk says, in hard work, the, the, the preparing the cement, preparing the bricks, also exists on a spiritual level in the study of Torah. As the Zayar says, the word kasha, which means hard work, also is similar to the word kushya, which means question. This refers to, to, to questioning uh, 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 and, and, and when learning Torah, to, que to question what you're learning and to answer those questions and to delve deeper into learning Torah. Which means the material or it means the cement. Also, the word means severity. So it refers to the mechanics of learning Torah and, and, and figuring out uh, and understanding various different things through, through different ways. One of which is which is to learning something more severe from something more lenient or vice versa called Kalvachaymer. And the word levenim is similar to the word libun ilchis alacha to clarify. Libun literally means to whiten, which means to make clear what the halacha is. So this is the process. First, you have to question. Then you have to respond with various different ways, with a kalvachimer, for example. And ultimately, you get to the conclusion, libun ilchis, to clarify what the halacha is. So these various different elements of the slavery also exist in the process of learning Torah. And when a Yid engages and toils in this difficult work, in the difficult work of learning Torah, he experiences, he, he uh, uh, um, experiences this hard work from Golos Mitzrayim when a daftar satan begashmis and he doesn't have to actually do it in a physical, literal sense. That's what the Alter Rebbe says in Torah. 
that a person, either a person experiences Gullus in the literal sense, where, where they're actually making bricks and cement and building walls and everything else the Yidden had to do in its time, or a person can have the same experience on a spiritual level and fulfill their obligation on that level. As the Mishnah says, whoever accepts upon themselves the yoke of Torah, and Mishnah says the word oil Torah, he accepts upon himself the yoke of Torah, symbolizing the hard work, the difficult toil of studying Torah, as expressed in the above mentioned Zayar. We remove from him the yoke of the government and the yoke of society. In other words, if a person uh, has to experience the difficulties of learning Torah, we take away from him. He shouldn't have to experience the difficulties that are imposed by a foreign government or, the, or that are imposed by a society. So, so we see the same concept that if a person experiences the hardship of Torah, we take away other hardships from them. This can answer the question about where was the hardship of the Golos Mitzrayim in, if they were sitting, if they were living in, in Goshen. Even in Eretz Goshen, the Yidin experienced a form of Golos and they accomplished what had to be done through the slavery and the exile of Mitzrayim, by studying Torah, by toiling in Torah, in the study hall, which was established by Yankiv and his children, as we know, the famous Sichan brought Nayim Yom. That was Yehuda, Shalach al-Yosef, the son of Goshen, and the Yaakov sent Yehuda ahead to build a yeshiva, to open up a yeshiva in the land of Goshen, so that there should be a place of learning. So when they, when they arrived, Yankiv and his sons would learn in yeshiva, not just learn, but they would toil in learning, and therefore, that was the avoid the kasha that they experienced, and therefore, and therefore, they, uh, they didn't have to work hard. They didn't, they didn't have to experience slavery because they were experiencing the hardships of learning Torah. And this answers the first question that we asked in the beginning of Sivdalid. Where was the Uislaiturung? Where was the refinement if there wasn't labor, hard work? The answer is the labor of Torah. And this will also fit with the words Vayayachazu, which Rashi says Lashnachuza. Now, literally, Lashnachuza means that they that they said that they that they, uh, they 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 owned it as an estate or they inherited it. But in the Yenoshel Torah, the word Vayayachazu will fit with what we're saying over here that they were learning Torah. As follows, the Golos Mitzrayim in Zayn Ershet Kufa, in the first period of Golos Mitzrayim, which was the period until Yosef and his brothers die, when the Eden, so when the Eden settled in Eretz Goshen, is not given farbunden mit avay de kasha begashmias. It was not connected with, with literally physical labor. Das is, so the time they experienced it as the best uh, part of Mitzrayim. And then they are in their own estate. Everyone knew and recognized that the Yidden were in their own 
land, and where they conduct themselves as they wish, not being uh, uh, bound to the slavery of Mitzrayim, and the slavery of Golos was expressed solely by the toil of Torah. So when Rashi says, they were, they, they were dwelling there, they were living it up, Rashi is implying in Yenah Shaltera that the Gashmish, they were living it up well, and the Golos expressed itself in the toil of Torah. And with this, we've answered our first question. Where was the hardship and therefore the uisleiterung, the, the, the refinement that comes through the, the hardship of Golos? The answer is it was in their learning Torah. In Sivav, we're going to answer the second question. How, how can you call it Be'eretz Loy Lohem if they owned it, if, if, if they received it Be'yerusha from Sarah? As far as the Chaber Nachbir, it's still, we still require an explanation. If they inherited this land from Sarah, how can you consider it a, a land that is not theirs? Is there beard in them? Even though they owned it, it belonged to them as an as an inheritance from Sarah. It still didn't have the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. The land that the Abishers' eyes are upon it. And this is what the Loilahem. The fact that it's not their land consists of. As they dwelled, as they settled in the land of Goshen, even in the first period, which is when they were when they were living well. The Yidden were pained by the fact that they weren't in the land, that the Abishar's eyes are upon it. And therefore, it's considered a land that isn't theirs. It wasn't of, of, of the status, of the stature, and it wasn't of the holiness that was worthy of their being. With this pain, the, the fact that they were pained by the fact that they were in a land that though it belonged to them, wasn't really where they belonged. It wasn't really where the holiness was. It wasn't really where the Abishar's eyes are. This bothered them. And with this, this pain was part of the Gullus. So really, we now have a, a, a full understanding of the first Rashi of, on this Pasuk. Rashi is telling us that despite the fact that the Abishar said, or rather despite, because the Abishar said that the Yidin are going to be uh, in Gullus, Be'eretz Le'elohem, so despite the fact that the Yidin lived in Eretz, in Eretz Goshen, and, and materially speaking, they were living comfortably. Nevertheless, number one, it, they, they, they learned Torah, and they worked hard in learning Torah, and so they experienced the Gullus. Number two, it was, despite the fact that they owned the land, but, but they knew that it wasn't really where they belonged, and therefore they were pained by it. So first of all, it was Eretz Leilahem, maybe not on paper, but in the fact that it didn't have the holiness that they were worthy of, and together with that, they felt pain uh, that they weren't where they should be, and that was part of the gullus that they were experiencing. So the question now is, what happened after that? How, how, did, how did they even end up in real slavery? This is uh, uh, almost almost painful to learn and to and to and to uh, understand.
Even though the Golos began in this manner of Ayachazuba, as we explained earlier, that they that, that they were living there. They were owning it. They they, they were living comfortably. It was still a step down from where they compared to where they came from. They lived in, in, in they lived in Eretz Canaan, and when they were there, they were on a higher level, and they had to come down to Mitzrayim. And because ultimately they had stepped down, this opened the door that ultimately they're going to have to experience the, the, the painful and literal slavery in Mitzrayim. Das heißt, and how did it how did it play itself out? As noch dem siyum von adr erstet kufe when this first period ended in the mizman when vayamas Yosef vechalach vechaladirahu when Yosef and all of his brothers passed away and all the members of that generation was to leave them at ongeb and fell in the igia b'teira in the base of Talmud shal yankivubanov and this is when the learning teira in the study hall of Yankiv and his children began to diminish. And they, began, they began to forget the pain of being in their in a land where they didn't belong. This triggered the, the literal slavery in Mitzrayim. Until it got so bad that every day seemed as if it was their first day there. You know, just, usually after a while a person gets used to it and it gets easier. But here the slavery was so difficult that every day felt like the first day. They began to forget that the land belongs to the Yidden. And they began to feel the bitterness and the pain of Golas. And this is what Rashi is here. In the first Rashi of Ayesha of Yisrael, this is what Rashi wants to tell us. Settled in the land of Mitzrayim. Where in Mitzrayim? In the land of Goshen. It is part of Mitzrayim. In the beginning, it was Vehechon. Where was it? It was in Goshen. It was in the best of the land. The Yidin had a fine experience. It wasn't so terrible. But then, but then the second part came. Even then they had to know that it's Mitzrayim. The fact that they had to be in the land of Goshen means that they had descended into the land of Mitzrayim. But more than that, itself evolved into being the worst Golos Mitzrayim. If they did not utilize this good land that they had to serve Hashem, this is a reference to the Pasuk, which is in Parshish HaAzinu. Vayishma means, literally it means they became became fat. It's a, uh, it's, a, it's a euphemism for became filled with materialism. So the Vayishman, the fact that they were so immersed in materialism, this led to Vayivot, that they rebelled against Hashem. Is in Eretz Geish and Gufa, who eaten them, gilept, bechol, meshech, man, agolos, canal, gevar, and the shivim, and sam, kibshutai. In the land of Geishan, where the Yidden were living throughout the entire duration of Golos, the 210 years, that's where the Shibu Mitzrayim happened. It happened in Geishan. 
So Rashi is telling us that you have to know that Gershon is really Mitzrayim. Even when they were there, they had to realize that it was, that, that it was, that it was Eretz Mitzrayim. Because they had to realize that it wasn't where they belonged. And when they didn't realize that it went well enough, it actually became Mitzrayim. It became the worst of Galas Mitzrayim. And the Rebbe adds over here another, another, another Nakuda, which hadn't really been brought up yet in the, previously in the Sicha, that it was actually getting immersed in the Meitav Haaretz that, 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 that distracted them and caused them to vayivat, caused them to rebel against Hashem and to, uh, and to, uh, and to ultimately end up in a, in a, in a literal Galus. Now, earlier on, uh, the, the second paragraph of Sifei, when we explained that, that, when we explained that the Galus was full, was experienced through the difficulty of Torah. The Rebbe explained in Yena Shal Torah that it means that the, that, that the Golos did not affect how they lived Begashmis. Also here in Sifches, the Rebbe explains Now that we understand uh, that the Yidin ended up in Golos Mitzrayim and it was an actual literal Golos and a physical menial labor that they had to they had to experience here too we'll see a connection with Vayachazu in Yena Shalteda the way Vayachazu is understood from the Hasidic perspective. When you say Vayachazu before we looked at Vayachazu in in the Yena Shalteda as Lashnachuza ownership. Now we're gonna look at Vayachazu Lashan Yerusha and how Biyanus Shalteret connects with Galus Kipsutay. Is Eich Masim it in the Uftu from Galus Mitzrayim in Pnimis Ayanyan? When you say that the Yachazu means Lashon Yerusha, which is how we explained it in the beginning of Seiv Dalit, this will fit well with uh, with the inner dimension of what is Galus Mitzrayim. Un. Additionally, from them is Eich Vestanik as Chotzlei Derech Abshat Mus Mnit the Lashon Achuzos and Halten the Teichav on Yerusha as Eden of a Giyash and Derech Geshen that even though according to the way of Pshat it is not necessary to say that Achuzah means Yerusha is of a Rashi Merames Miti Verte Lashon Achuzah for Teichav on Yerusha, but nevertheless Rashi is alluding to the meaning of Yerusha in Yenushal Teirav as far Bahalten and Pirish Rashi in the deeper part uh, understanding of, of Teirav which is concealed which is hidden inside of Rashi in other words there's, first of all Vayachaz Zulash and Yerusha is going to help us understand and connect to concept of Galus and because of that we understand that when Rashi says Lashon Achuza even though literally it does not have to mean Yerusha but in Yenushal Teirav it does mean Yerusha the beer in them in addition to the fact that we said earlier that, that going through Mitzrayim was meant to refine the Yidin themselves to prepare them for uh, receiving the Torah and going into Eretz Yisrael, there's another aspect and that is that Golos Mitzrayim was there so the Yidin should refine and elevate and take along the sparks of holiness that were in Mitzrayim. Which is the deeper meaning of the fact that the Yidin emptied out Mitzrayim. They turned Mitzrayim into a silo that has no grain. Like a pond, like a body of water that have no fish. They totally emptied it out. As the Yidin refined and elevated the sparks of holiness that had fallen from the world of Toyu. Which fell in Mitzrayim, and the Yidden removed every last spark of holiness from Mitzrayim. 
And it is to this concept, the concept of taking along these sparks that Rashi is alluding to when he says that it means the whole purpose of Yidin settling in Mitzrayim, which was the Golos in Mitzrayim, is given as Yidin's own Durch Dem, was for the purpose of the Yidin should inherit, take ownership, and take along these sparks of the world of Tayu. And therefore, they inherited the land, referring to they inherited the sparks of holiness that were in the land of Mitzrayim. As we know, that the Mimer of the Friedrich Rebbe, that the way it works in, 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 in inheritance by the nations is, if the person does not have a son, then the inheritance goes to the brother. Since Esav is Yaakov's brother. So in Hasidus it's explained that Yaakov comes from Tikkun and Esav comes from Toyu. But since Esav is Yaakov's brother, so Yaakov, then Eden Yedus, Yedus to Toyu. So Yaakov, or the children of Yaakov, the Yidin, they inherit the lights of the world of Toyu because Yaakov is the brother of Esav. So therefore, that's the connection of Vayayachazubalash and Yerusha to the Golos Mitzrayim, because the purpose of Golos Mitzrayim was for the purpose of Yerusha to inherit the sparks. So we, what we've done up until here is we've, we've, uh, we understand very, very well the first Rashi that Vayeshev Yisrael, Be'eretz Goishen, that Yidin dwelled in the land of Goishen means that they started out in the beginning being in Goishen and experiencing, uh, materially speaking, the good life, where the hardship was in learning Torah, and the fact that the land wasn't theirs meant to say that it, literally they owned it, but the, it wasn't holy enough. Uh, uh, it wasn't, I shouldn't say holy enough. It, it didn't have the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, and therefore they didn't feel like, it be, like they belonged there. And therefore they felt pain from being there. They felt sorrow by being there. And that was part of their gullus. But, first of all, it was still not Eretz Kenan. It was still a Yerid, there was still a descent. Plus, it evolved to the fact that a new generation came around that didn't learn as much Torah and that didn't really feel that pain of not being in Eretz Kenan. And this therefore necessitated that there should be a more literal Gullus and, and he didn't experience an actual Gullus. However, the purpose of this Gullus was for uh, to refine the Yidin and to be able to inherit all of the sparks of Mitzrayim, and therefore, means they inherited the sparks that were there, or they began the process of inheriting the sparks of holiness that were in Mitzrayim. Now we got to go back to the our, the Rashi we started with, which was the last Rashi, which the first the first part of Rashi said, sorry, the Rashi and the verses, the Medrash, where Rashi said that the which we've been explaining all along, either that it means that he took ownership of it, or in Yena Shaltera, that where we said one level of Yena Shaltera means that, that they lived well, or the other Yena Shaltera is that they inherited it. Um, um, which means that referring to the sparks, and then there's the medrash that says that they were they were take th th that the land took hold of them, and we asked these are opposites, and we're going to see based on the way we understood the previous Rashi, the way we understood the process of how the Golos Mitzrayim evolved, we'll understand how these two uh, seemingly contrary explanations will fit together.
move on their kasher. Understand the connection between these two explanations. According to the pshat of the pasuk, means ownership. They own the estate. Because pshat is looking at the literal, the, the, the way the eye sees it. And, and the way the eye sees it at that time, the slavery had not yet begun. At that time, what, what, what was what did it look like? It looked like Eretz Geishen was the ownership, was the estate of the Jewish people, and, and that was it. Canal as mentioned at length in the Sicha. But as we said before, the Medrash doesn't look at the surface. The Medrash looks beneath the surface. It looks at the truth of the matter, not just the way it seems to the open to the open eye, but the way it is, the way it is in its essence. Is We have to say means to take hold that that the land took took hold of them and had had them in its grasp. Again, they were taken against their will. Given an for you since in its essence, in its truth. Going down to dwell, uh, settling in the land of Goshen was actually a step down, way from where they were coming from, which was Eretz Kinan to go down into Mitzrayim, as Rashi says, Shehi in the previous Rashi, Eretz Mitzrayim, that Goshen was fart, as you say in Yiddish. It was still part of Mitzrayim. And it was actually the opening. To, which what which is what made possible the actual shibud the actual slavery already now in truth Eretz Yitzrayim had some sort of grasp on them because since this is what was going to play how how it was going to play itself out what was going to become so already now if we look at the truth of the matter it was the beginning of the end. The Eretz Mitzrayim had a grasp on them, and they were going to be there against their will. They were going to be enslaved to the land of Mitzrayim. But in the next paragraph, the Rebbe is going to say that not only is the comparison, is the is the connection between these two pirushim that bechitshoynius they were it was it was achuza and bepnimius it was achiza that that the land of Mitzrayim owned, took hold of them. There is another connection. And the deeper intent and reason why there had to be this experience that the land should take hold of them and they should be enslaved by it is hinted in the Yenish of the Rashi. The two Yenish one was Achuza. That they they live there comfortably. The other one is Achiza. That that Achuza lost in Yerusha. So now the two connect. That they're mechuvan from the Muzin Zayim because of Mitzrayim because the reason why they had to be in the land of Mitzrayim Kapirus Hamadrish is ungedite in Lashon Achuza. It is symbolized. It is hinted in the word Achuza. In order for them to be able to inherit. All of the good that is in the sparks of Toyu that fell when when the world of Toyu, when there was the Shvira Sakalim, when the vessels of Toyu uh, shattered and the sparks fell down into Mitzrayim, is it, 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 so the, it, 
the purpose of going into Mitzrayim was so that they, they should yodish, they should inherit all of these sparks. As the Pasek says, and then they will go out in great wealth, referring to the wealth of the sparks that they gained and they elevated and they took along with them going out of Mitzrayim. So not only are we looking at uh, the connection between the two that Achuz that 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 uh, on the on the on the external level they were living it up Lash Nachuza but in, but internally this was the beginning of the actual Galus Lash Nachiza the land took hold of them also in Yenisholtera the fact that their land took hold of them that they had to experience a Galus was in order for the Achuza Lash Yerusha that they should be able to inherit the Nitzaytes Hakdusha the sparks of Kedusha so therefore so so therefore we see the answer to the question, this is the connection between the two Pirushim, the Pirush of Rashi and the Pirush of Medrish, that once you understand the steps of how Golos became and the various different intents and purposes that uh, uh, were that were meant to be, we understand what the two the two explanations in the words Vayachazuba as brought in Rashi and as brought in the Medrish.